Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan. Brought to you by Maybank. On Young Changemakers, today we are talking to founder and CEO of Accelerate Global, Rauda Nasran. Now, you are the founder, as I've just said. Um, can you explain what sort of social change um, you're doing through Accelerate Global? Absolutely. Thank you for having me here, Asha. It's really, I'm really honoured. So Accelerate is a social enterprise and we aim to tackle the issue of youth unemployment, not just in the country, but also globally through education and upskilling programmes. We believe that every single um, youth in the world deserves a chance to learn and deserves an opportunity to grow. And that's exactly what we give and what we aim to achieve for every single youth, no matter their background and no matter uh, their social status. So all of our upskilling programs very much focuses on helping the underprivileged especially and the marginalised to make sure that they can, they can become independent and self-sustainable as well. Small goals then. <laughs> I mean, wow. Okay, so let's just wind back a little bit. And how, how did all of this start for you? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. A question that I've I've been getting ever since I started, but until today, oh, sorry I'm to still, bore you. <laughs> no, 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 no. And but I'm t- until today, I'm still struggling to put it in words. I think just because the feelings of starting a social enterprise, especially in 2019 when I came back from the UK, I really had to start from scratch. I started with zero capital, um, literally no investment backup. Nobody obviously believed in me because I was this 23 year old girl gallivanting around. Kuala Lumpur trying to make change Um, but it all started really because when I was 18 I remember coming out of high school and having finished my national examination I actually started my own charity organization and at the time we were feeding the homeless uh, people in Kuala Lumpur the orphanages we taught them English but something that was always in my mind was where is the sustainability um, in this you know feeding the homeless of course is really important it's an important short-term aid that's required to make sure that they don't go to sleep hungry. But what happens after that is a more vital question um, that, that I believe should be answered, not just by myself or my team members, but really for everybody who are listening as well. What can we do to make sure that we are a part of change, of sustainable change? Um, really, and really, that that really sparked that that interest and that passion of creating more sustainable solutions and providing more sustainable solutions uh, to the community and to the youthers. I chose youth unemployment specifically. Why? Yeah, because youth unemployment has a much bigger uh, domino negative domino effect in the lives of the youthers and their future generation or their future children. When the youth is unemployed, you are exposing them to threats of poverty, to threats of homelessness, to threats of even domestic violence later on in the future, if and when they do get married. You know, if you look at the statistics in not just this country, but also abroad, uh, a lot of domestic violences, sexual violences that happens in households, they stem from financial issues. And the only way we can combat that is to really tackle the root of all problems, i.e. unemployment and ensuring that they're able to achieve that financial independence as an individual and later on, perhaps as, as you know, parents as well. Now, we're talking about youth unemployment. What sort of skills are you hoping, you know, the youth can develop in order to tackle um, this problem and this sort of social issue of unemployment? It's a brilliant question. Uh, for me personally, there are 
it boils down to three skills. The first bit is self-reliance and independence. Allow me to elaborate a little bit here. Independence and self-reliance is us just reflecting on what can we personally do to change the course of our lives without looking for external aids. Now, of course, external aids must be there. Um, you know, the government is giving us and must give us more and, and support from our external network should also be there. But before we even and look out for external help, it's important that we look into ourselves and ask, what can we do to help ourselves? Self-independency, self-reliance is all about understanding how we can take charge of our own life and how can we start generating income without actually just relying on, say, corporates, employers or really anybody to give us that chance to achieve financial independence. And on this note, it's really about... Um, perhaps entrepreneurship, understanding the concept of a part-time work just to make sure that you can remain independent whilst waiting for that next leap um, of your career. That's the first skill I believe we all need. Second is resiliency as well. Now, resiliency is really easy to say, but really difficult to, to practice, even for me personally, it's a work in progress. Every single time I say, Rada, you've got to be stronger than this. You know, I'll, I'll end up just curling up in my blanket and just, <laughs> you know, listening to my thoughts for a bit. But it's about what do you do after to make sure that you take life head on. And I think that's mm. also really, really important. Because no matter where you are in life right now, employed or unemployed, underemployed or well-employed, if I must say, Life is like a wheel. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. And it's just really important to know what to do when you are down to just go back up or when you're up to remain grounded. And that's really important. Mm. Um, and, and last but not least, I believe it's it's uh, it's it's that confidence in yourself, that hope um, within oneself that you are capable uh, to start something you are capable to become independent and you are capable to actually become resilient um, as a person I really believe that we are all chosen to live in this world for a reason I believe that our creator is is really magnificent which makes us uh, magnificent as well um, and that we all have our own unique capabilities to thrive forward no matter the challenges in life and have that ability to see through that to see who you are as a person embracing both your strengths and weaknesses is really vital especially when we live in a this current economy we think the pandemic was bad but i think this is even worse with the inflation and recession as well (laughs) absolutely as a young leader yourself what were some of the things people said to you um about being too young for these big, <laughs> lofty ideas of yours about changing the world. Oh my goodness. Uh, this brings back memories, to be honest with you. Uh, so when I first came back uh, from the UK to Malaysia with these big dreams of creating change, I remember that I had uh, you know, not many people that I know of that can help me, if that makes sense. And so I was out there trying to build my network. And I remember the first woman... Uh, that I talked to on the phone sharing my ideas told me that oh you know just leave it to the veterans 
to create change. <laughs> and I was just, who are these veterans that I should talk to? Um, and, and she continued saying that, uh, you know, you sound like an entitled millennial who just uh, didn't get a job and now is out there trying to create something because she did manage to land a job. Wow. Um, I know, it was so hurtful. I mean, it was the first person that I talked to. Um, and, and it was a woman as well, you know, because I'm all about supporting women. Mm-hmm. So it was really hurtful. But then when I take a step back and I tried to dissect what she was telling me, um, what really stood out was the fact that uh, she mentioned that I did not get any job offers. But... It was wrong because I did, but I I just decided to chart my own sort of path. And that's when I realized that, you know, whilst she was trying to tell me not to do something or not to pursue my dreams, her facts were also wrong. And so I decided to to ensure and and, and to embark on a path of uh, actions speak louder than words. And so what I did was I focused on building impact. I focused on uh, ensuring that Accelerate, uh, you know, has the results that we want to shout about, the number of beneficiaries that we've helped, the impact that we've created is sustainable and and just let that speak for itself. So I remember in 2019, I ran my first workshop. Uh, It was zero cost. We had a good turnout. And from there, we just sort of started to run more and more workshops. And then from there onwards, corporate started to to see us. And then more people started to realize that we're actually, uh, what we are actually doing is is legitimate. and I cannot emphasize further that the H discrimination, if I can say, will always be there. Because uh, no matter how old I get, because now I'm 26, that's three years ago, people <laughs> will still question the age. And I realize that if you do have your facts with you, if you have the results with you, um, you know, those things are much stronger than just you speaking out and just talking. Mm. So I chose that path over just debating over the fact that. I have a say and that you should listen to me. It's more of, right, I hear you. But here's what I've done. Yep, here's what I've done. So what do you have to say about that? And have you ever met her? Uh, Yes, yes, I did. A fun fact or funny fact is that I actually received an award um, that that she received as well uh, on the same year that she said that to me. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, we are with founder and CEO of Accelerate Global, Rada Nazran, today on Young Changemakers. And Rada, I want to ask you, why do you think it's important for youth to take the initiative in, um, you know, making the change, the change in yeah. their world? Yeah. At the end of the day, we are, I mean, like it or not, we are the next generation of of leaders and and citizens and there's no running away from that you know because we're only going to get older and later on in life the country will be in our hands and it's just really important to understand the power we have not just now really but also later on in 10 20 years time um, the power we have to create change and to start making decisions on a national level you know I think it's not just about creating or making the change now it's also about seeing what can you do later on and what do you have to do now 
how to prepare yourself for that. I believe there's a lot of discussion on, you know, why do we need to start speaking up now? But but there's little discussion on why is that important? And mm. the reason why that's important is because later on in 10, 20 years time, you are the one who will be making these decisions. You are the ones to call the shots. And we as youthers must prepare ourselves to do just that. Uh, we are not here uh, to create just the next generation of leaders. We are here to create the next generation of responsible, integral leaders. And then again, it falls back on us. The burden is back on us on what can we do to prepare ourselves for that. Intergenerational collaboration, for one, is lacking, I believe, in the youth. Is, um, we need to stop playing the blame game mm. and actually start working together as a community as a whole to make sure that that we can create that path for us making the change is making the change in our mentality in what we think and how we perceive uh, all the generations not just ours but also the younger ones and also the older ones and start thinking on how we can work together yep. uh, to do that this is a question that I hope you have a really good answer to <laughs> because I think it's something people need to hear. But who do you suck up all your inspiration from? Okay. Who do you turn to when you're trying to do something where there might not necessarily be a role model that's gone before you? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good one. Um, and I've got two. Uh, the first is, is my beneficiaries, actually. Uh, the students, the graduates of Accelerate Global You've got no idea how inspiring they are until you actually sit in with them. You know, of course, the whole social entrepreneurship journey is never easy. It's not to walk in the park. And there are days where I feel that I'm not doing good enough. I'm not hitting the milestone fast enough and just feel like giving up. But whenever I'm reminded of the beneficiaries that we are constantly guiding, constantly helping. They fuel me like no one else can. I've got a, a graduate named Afifa. You know, she, um, she was one of our uh, graduates from the Anna Asnaf project we did in Klantan. When she sat in our virtual class, because at the time it was a pandemic, um, when I asked the class, anyone has questions? And she unmuted herself asked a question and that was when I actually realized that whilst she was learning she was selling banana fritters by the roadside wow because I could hear um, you know customers can I have two ringgit three ringgit five ringgit and she was multitasking she was learning whilst also trying to generate income that in itself is is an inspiration like like no other. Her mm. hard work, her resilience, she wants to change her life. How can I ever stop doing what I'm doing, Asha, when there are these underprivileged and marginalized youth that are so motivated to, to change their lives in the first place? And every single time I'm demotivated, I'll always look back at, at these things. Uh, good thing it's recorded. So I can always go back to it, listen to it, and it drives me forward. And this is just one out of the hundreds of stories that we've had, you know, just teaching and, and, and communicating with our beneficiaries. Um, and I just wanted to say, actually, sometimes when we talk about inspiration, uh, oftentimes we look at, um, or rather we glorify idols and those who are already out there, you know, on the magazines or on, on Femi Bloomberg, right, yeah. for example, Elon Musk for instance, right, that we forget inspiration can be found from local people, from the uncles selling nasi lemma on the street, from you, 
for example, seeing you doing what you do is an inspiration already. You know, it's it's things that we can look out for. It's redefining inspiration altogether. And secondly, um, my my creator. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm religious, but every single time I feel like I'm giving up or I feel like things are not going my way, I'll always remember that um, you know he's around and that he chose me to live in this world. And I'm sure there's a reason, and I'm sure there's strength that lies within my myself that I can forge out to make sure that I remain steadfast in in my grueling yet fulfilling <laughs> path. <laughs> After you've had your cry in the shower and you've gotten your face dried up and put back on again and out you go out the door. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much um, for being here, t- talking to, to me, to us. Um, your message is very strong, very inspiring to hear and the, you know, the story of your student with the banana fritters, the pisang goreng, that's just impacted me. So her story, which impacted you, has now impacted me. So there goes on the inspiration in the world. All right. You can listen to this episode of Young Changemakers with founder and CEO Accelerate Global Radar Nazran on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app.